capital budget for the upcoming year with lots of good news about our plans to build schools, libraries, roads, parks, and more. And second, I want to provide operating budget requests so the public can better participate in the budget process, specifically in next week's uh, budget public hearing. So let's set the stage with the process. The county operates on a fiscal year beginning each year on July 1st through June 30th of the following year. Currently, we're in fiscal year 22. The information being presented today is all about the upcoming budget, the fiscal year 23 budget, which will begin this summer on July 1st. So key dates for the annual budget are as follows. On Monday, March 21st at 7 p.m., I'm going to host a public hearing to receive comments and input on the fiscal year 23 operating budget and capital budget requests. I'm going to incorporate all that public input and all the information I've gathered over recent weeks into preparing and crafting a final budget. On April 14th, I'll publicly present the proposed operating and capital budgets to the public. Then that budget proposal will go to the County Council and they will spend the next few weeks reviewing the budget and holding their own public hearings. The County Council is required to adopt the final budget no later than May 31st in accordance with our charter. Now the County Council is only able to reduce the budget and cannot add to the budget with one exception and that's to they can add to public education if the Board of Education request is not fully funded. So this is my 20th county budget, and it's my eighth and final budget as county executive. Now, while every budget is different, and I've certainly been through some good years and bad years, the decisions on how we allocate county resources and invest in our schools, roads, parks, and other infrastructure is really one of the most important responsibilities I have as county executive. I firmly believe the county budget should reflect our community's values and priorities, as well as our vision for the future. Our shared community vision is defined in Livable Frederick. Livable Frederick is our overarching guide to ensure a bright future and to make life better for people. It's framed around four pillars, our economy, our community, our health, and the environment. Livable Frederick uh, will deliver a better Frederick community for everyone. It is the county's budget that provides the funding mechanism to accomplish the goals and visions in Livable Frederick, which is an award-winning plan. Now, an integral part of the budget process is hearing from the community. I want to hear your ideas, your suggestions, and your priorities. There are many ways for you to participate in the budget process. I, I genuinely value public input and solicit input in multiple ways as part of good government and open and transparent government. Now this year, there are more ways to share your thoughts than ever before. First, you can participate in the public hearing on the budget on Monday, March 21st. The hearing will be offered in a hybrid format with limited in-person attendance and virtual call-in option. In-person attendance will be limited to the first 25 members of the public who pre-register, and pre-registration is open and you can register at frederickcountymd.gov slash budget public hearing. Individuals who participate virtually can watch the live public hearing. They can leave written comments before or during the meeting. They can use the toll-free number um, listed on the site to listen live, to leave a voicemail message, or provide live comment during the public hearing. The Porter also has a built-in translation service, so individuals for whom English is not their native language can leave comments or read responses in more than 100 different languages. Again, more information can be found at frederickcountymd.gov slash budget public hearing. You can always email your comments to me at countyexecutive at frederickcountymd.gov. 
And people can participate by taking our online budget survey called Balancing Act. Now, Balancing Act, I think, is kind of fun. It allows you to create and balance your own version of the budget and to gain a better understanding of the actual choices that are under consideration. We put actual budget requests into the survey. So far, almost 2,000 people have completed a Balancing Act survey since it opened two weeks ago. But time is running out. You must submit your completed survey or your own version of the balanced budget by tonight at 5 p.m. So you still have a few hours to try your hand at balancing the budget with Balancing Act and have your voice and your priorities heard. You can find Balancing Act on our homepage. There's a link on the homepage, or you can go to frederickcountymd.gov slash balancingact. Now, we are mid-budget process, and the budget remains a work in progress. With some outstanding uncertainties, particularly with decisions of the state legislature, that can have an impact on our budget. And there are other details that really come uh, late in the, in the process and can't be finalized until we get to April. During March, we not only gather feedback from the public, but I also meet with all of the division directors. I meet with county budget staff. I have had meetings with all of the uh, county council members to hear their priorities, and certainly with some non-government entities who submit requests. It's a lot of information. Now, we're extremely fortunate in Frederick County to have a very strong and diverse local economy with new business growth, expanding numbers of jobs, and improving property values, all of which translates into projected revenue growth. I really want to give a great shout out to our Office of Economic Development. Frederick County's economic development efforts have been simply phenomenal resulting in significant growth in jobs and in the number of businesses doing business in Frederick County, and both grew even during the pandemic. Our economy has performed exceptionally well overall, though we do recognize that we still have some industry sectors like tourism and childcare and a few others that are still in recovery. Now, Frederick County is also a growing community. In fact, this year we saw an increase of 1,700 new students enrolling in Frederick County public schools. We're the only county in Maryland with that level of new enrollment growth. So the demand for new school capacity, more teachers and staff to educate more students certainly creates a demand on the budget. So there's a revenue side and a demand side. There's certainly a need to expand services and additional county staff to maintain the same service levels, whether it's public safety, senior services, planning and permitting, or other areas. And of course, we have new mandates that we have to fund. This year, there are well over 70 million in budget requests now, that excludes, it's about $72 million. That excludes salary improvements for our employees, and it excludes some of our base budget adjustments. So all told, these requests come up to over $100 million. The Board of Education alone has requested an additional $48 million. So as usual, the number of budget requests exceeds revenue growth. So now to provide information, ensure an open and transparent process, as well as a well-informed public process, the operating and budget appeals or requests have been summarized, and they've been summarized on a list like this, which we will be posting online today after this briefing, so people can review them. Now, that's a summary. My budget appeals binders actually look like this. So I have literally hundreds of pages and hundreds of requests to go through as part of the budget process. I don't think people would want to read all those binders. Again, these are just requests uh, for additions to the budget, and these requests are on top of, again, what I call base budget. So the base budget this year uh, and those requests total about $20 million. 
The base budget includes mandated expenses for things like insurance, IT software, licensing and upgrades, pension contributions, maintenance of effort, labor contracts that have already been committed, and more. And um, there's money, again, added in the base budget to cover things like the increase in fuel costs, which everybody knows is real, and the increase in our purchase price to uh, acquire vehicles. So the cost of maintaining the current level of services grows each year, and both our operating and capital budgets are certainly impacted by inflation. So if you read through the operating budget requests, it's clear that many are well justified, including requests for adding firefighters, 911 call takers, teachers, school health workers, expanded broadband, new park programming, um, funding for the police accountability board, and the list goes on and on. So my goal today is simply to provide this information to the public with plenty of time for people to read through the summary of the requests and be prepared and have that information for next week's public hearing. Again, you can find all this information online at frederickcountymd.gov budget. And of course, the public is encouraged to share their own priorities and to express their support for what they, we have received so far or their non-support. I will review public input and will continue to receive last-minute budget requests pretty much right up to when I present and release the proposed operating capital budgets on April 14th. So now I'm going to get to the exciting part. We have lots of big news and exciting news today uh, to share with the capital budget and the six-year CIP, which is the Capital Improvement Program. I'm actually pretty excited to share it. Um, it's really quite phenomenal and fabulous. For a number of years, I have shared the highlights of the capital budget and the CIP before the March public hearing. Since people are genuinely interested in our school construction, libraries, parks, roads, and other projects that are in our capital budget. So let's kick it off with schools. School construction has always been my top priority. I believe every child deserves a safe place to go to school and a seat inside a school building. Now to achieve that goal, I've delivered a greatly accelerated school construction schedule. I'm incredibly proud that my administration has made the largest investment in school facility improvements in the history of the county. So let's begin with what's happening in fiscal year 23, which is the capital budget, meaning this is funded. First, the brand new Waverly Elementary School will be opening to students this summer. In August, the new school is nearly triple in size with a student capacity of 1,018. It is by far our largest elementary school project ever. This larger Waverly Elementary School will solve severe overcrowding on the west side of the city of Frederick. The school community has waited a long time for this new school project, and I really appreciate their persistence and their patience. This was a large, multi-phase, multi-project process with us needing to construct a new Rock Creek school so we could then take down the existing Rock Creek school and create space to build the larger New Waverly Elementary School. So it's really exciting to see it on the horizon. I know people will be very excited um, when they see the new school. Another community that is excited for a new replacement school is Brunswick. In fiscal year 23, again, this upcoming July, construction will begin for a new 725-seat school located on the same site as the existing older school. The new Brunswick Elementary School will include the first park and recreation, community gymnasium, and park programming for this part of the county. So that's really exciting news, too. And that school will open to students in August of 2023. So I have more good news to report. We are advancing a record number of new projects. So here's some big news. I'm pleased to announce that I'm accelerating two more brand new school replacement projects to begin in fiscal year 23. 
up two years sooner than expected. The first is a brand new replacement Green Valley Elementary School in Monrovia, which will be built on, in the Lansdale development. And the other is a brand new replacement Valley Elementary School in Jefferson. These two schools are funded for design in 23 with construction in the following year. Both projects will follow the same construction timeline. Now, I really didn't want to prioritize one of these schools over the other, so I'm really glad we could move both of them forward at the same time. Because both schools are overcrowded, both schools are in great need of renovation to eliminate their outdated open floor plans, and the new schools will be larger. They'll accommodate approximately 700 students. They'll be environmentally friendly, LEED Silver certified, with plenty of natural light, and they'll have the latest in educational technology. Now, I was able to accelerate both Green Valley and Valley Elementary Schools using money specifically designated for Frederick County through the Built to Learn Act, which passed by the state legislature, uh, I believe, two years ago. But last year, the details uh, of how it would work came out. I successfully advocated for a specific allocation for Frederick County. We got $102 million allocated specifically to us in that bill something that we might not have been able to accomplish if we had not had the change to charter government. And I think it's important to point that out too. The county is required to match these funds. Because these available funds were there, we were able to complete both schools sooner and at a lower cost. So again, that's a win-win for everybody, but especially for the Green Valley and Valley Elementary School students and their communities. Both of these new schools will open in August of 2025. And again, a big woohoo for this accomplishment. It's really great news for those communities. But it doesn't finish, it doesn't end there. There's more good news. So this year we will be designing a 300 seat addition to Crestwood Middle School. Now, this school addition is 100% developer funded. There is not a penny of taxpayer dollars in this addition. And in fact, it is the second addition that my administration has built with 100% developer money the other being the recent Oakdale Middle School edition. I believe these projects are among the first 100% developer funded in the state. So let me repeat that. There's no county or state tax dollars in this school, not a penny. And it gets even better because we are building this addition to Crestwood Middle shortly after building the addition to Oakdale Middle. <clears throat> there are some economies of scale, and <clears throat> that allows us to do this at lower cost. So this is a good deal all the way around for both students and taxpayers. Excuse me. And we aren't done yet. There's still more school projects in fiscal year 23. So last year I announced a new type of project. It's called a limited renovation. And it focuses on our, some of our older schools that may not be overcrowded. And we really try to balance the need for new capacity with renovating existing schools that need a renovation. So limited renovation projects are intended to improve at least five major building systems. They make learning environments better, often enclosing the old open space concept classrooms, and they extend the life of the building. So there are two limited renovation projects in the fiscal year 23 budget. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> the first is the Thermont Elementary Limited Renovation Project, which currently is under design and will complete construction during the summer of 22 and 23. This includes enclosing the open space portion of the building addressing security needs, aligning spaces with current educational specifications, upgrading the HVAC systems, and completing other energy efficiency upgrades, and a lot of touch-ups to the building. So the interior of these buildings will really look like new. 
So today I'm announcing the next limited renovation project, which is Monocacy Elementary School. And that will begin design in fiscal year 23 with construction starting the following summer. And these improvements will mirror those that I just described at Thurmont Elementary. The fiscal year 23 capital budget for schools also fully funds two important feasibility studies. The first is a feasibility study of Yellow Springs Elementary School, and I know that school's community will be watching closely to see what the recommendations are to improve um, that learning environment. And I'm pleased to advance a second feasibility study, which is a big project. It is the entire Middletown School Campus for all three schools, Middletown Elementary, Middletown Middle, Middletown High School, and we'll look at the traffic pattern through the campus. In fact, I believe the Board of Ed just approved the architect for the feasibility study. So I expect the outcome will show the need for a multi-year phase plan of action. So stay tuned for more on that and potentially more good news about how this massive series of improvements will be funded. I may be able to share more when I introduce the final budget. So just looking at everything in fiscal year 23, the school projects I've just told you about are all funded to occur in year one, the capital budget. This is a record nine projects in one year. And there are many more school projects included in the six-year CIP. But in the interest of time, I really only wanted to highlight the first year. So I promised the county council that there would be lots to report on school construction this spring and with the use of one-time money. And so, again, uh, uh, we, will, we will release the entirety of the CIP uh, on schools in April because there are more schools in the out years. So now I want to move on to another citizen favorite, Frederick County Public Libraries. People love our libraries. In fact, libraries has only gained in popularity during the pandemic, with more than 3 million items borrowed last year alone. And there's good news to share on library construction. The new Middletown Branch Library will be breaking ground later this spring and will be opening to patrons in 2023. The new Middletown Branch Library, located on Green Street, will be much larger than the existing library, and like most of our libraries, will incorporate local history. The library will be a fabulous new community gathering place, and I really look forward to celebrating this groundbreaking soon and in person. And I have another big announcement. I'm pleased to announce that we will be moving up the West Frederick Library Branch. Now, there's been a desire and a lot of advocacy for a library branch on the west side of the city of Frederick. And there's no bigger advocate than County Council President M.C. Keegan Ayer, who represents this district. So last year, I announced I would accelerate a feasibility study for the West Frederick Library and that we needed to identify a potential site or location for the new branch. Well, a lot has happened over the last year, including the county purchasing the Oak Street Building, which is now Himes Avenue Building. We changed the address, to be more clear, located in the area of Hillcrest in West Frederick. With this large property available for a branch library, the county can accelerate construction of the West Frederick Branch Library and build a project at a much lower cost because we own the land in the building and will be renovating space rather than constructing new space. So this takes a couple million dollars off this project. We will need to get a rezoning from the city of Frederick, but we do have design in fiscal year 23. Now, Council President Keegan Ayer and I um, you know, it's been a priority of hers, and we know it's of interest to the residents there. So Council President Keegan Ayer and I, along with library staff, will be hosting a community town hall to discuss this project on the evening of May 2nd. So stay tuned for more details on the town hall. With this new location, we've been able to make this library branch happen years sooner, as many as five years sooner. 
and to do it at a lower cost. Again, another win-win for everyone. Another library capital project that's in the works and in the out years of the CIP is the Linganore Town Center Library or the East County Regional Library. And it is now planned to be located off Oakdale School Drive near Oakdale Elementary School. And this long-awaited library will engage citizens in design in fiscal year 26 with construction to follow. Currently, the project is in site acquisition. We're still uh, working to acquire that site from the developer of the uh, Linganore Town Center and the Oakdale uh, project that's adjacent to it. So next, I want to talk about parks. Frederick County Parks also saw a record-breaking number of visitors throughout the pandemic as people took advantage of getting out of the house to walk, bike, ride, run, and enjoy the um, outdoors. There's truly something for everyone in a Frederick County Park. Frederick County Parks are beautiful, they're well-maintained, the programs are fabulous, our staff does a wonderful job, and they're a great place for the whole family and for people of all ages to enjoy. And there's good news about parks in the fiscal year 23 budget and the CIP. Now, winter did not stop the progress at Middletown Park, which is currently receiving a major facelift and renovation. When the work is finished, there'll be a new amphitheater. There isn't one now, so that's it's a new addition. New playgrounds, pavilions, pond features, park signage, sports fields, and more. So we look forward to celebrating the opening of these new facilities sometime this summer. Now, Council Member Jerry Donald, who represents Middletown, requested, when I met with him, the addition of a skate park or pump track for the Middletown Park. Um, Jerry is a big supporter of our parks, and it's on the uh, Park and Rec Commission. So I'm pleased today to announce that the skateboard park pump track will be added and included in the park renovation upgrades, though it will likely not be completed until the end of the calendar year, since it's a late addition. The upcoming year will also see construction of the next phase, which is the second phase of the old National District Park. Again, this is in fiscal year 23 uh, for construction. The park is located between New Market and Mount Airy. Phase two will add picnic shelters, basketball courts, a new tennis court, and pickleball area. We'll convert two existing fields to turf fields. I will note we have to we hope to get a good price on this so all those things happen. It's out to bid. This is an exciting project for residents in and around Newmarket and Mount Airy. Now another interesting park project, which is of interest to a couple of our council members, is uh, the Richard Canode Farm Park. Um, and it begins its discussion of what this park will be in, in the upcoming fiscal year. Now, Mr. Uh, Richard Canode gifted this farm to the county to, in his will to create a unique park that would reflect on our rich agricultural heritage and include some passive activities like trails, camping, fishing, and uh, more. So we'll be creating an advisory committee to guide the development of this park. And it's certainly of great interest to our agricultural community. There could be ag demonstration projects there. To our equestrian community, there could be a riding ring there, and to others. So that planning process will begin in the upcoming year. Also, in upcoming year, fiscal year 23, we'll preserve a piece of our Frederick County history with a project to expand and update the Rose Hill Manor Park Carriage Museum. If you've ever been there, it really has a nice display of, um, of Frederick County uh, carriages. Now, the old carriage house is poorly insulated, and the HVAC system breaks down frequently which can lead to mold and other circumstances that can damage the artifacts that are stored there. So this work is in addition to the construction you'll also see at Rose Hill later this year. So we're enhancing the display that focuses on our county's agricultural heritage and equipment. I did request capital funds in, to be included in the governor's budget this year for this project, and we did get a, 
some money to allocate to uh, help advance that project. Now in year two of the CIP, fiscal year 24, design is funded for phase two of the Othello Regional Park, which is one of our newer parks, and it's anticipated to add more picnic shelters, trails, additional roads, athletic fields, and a recreation center. So that'll be a, a park with a recreation center, and that's really an important addition for that uh, community of the, uh, in the county. And we're planning a new North County Regional Park in the out years of the CIP. We did purchase 152 acres of land from Mount St. Mary's University to develop a new regional park near Emmitsburg. So you can see that the county is planning, investing, and expanding park and recreational opportunities in all corners of the county, from Brunswick to Emmitsburg and Middletown to Newmarket and Mount Airy. So now one of the fundamental responsibilities we have in local government is to ensure the safety of our citizens. And we accomplish this in part by ensuring adequate facilities and equipment to meet community needs in fire and EMS, at the sheriff's office, and in 911 communications. Now there's a significant number of public safety projects in the CIP. Now something new to the sheriff's office is funding in fiscal year 23 for body cameras for sheriff deputies. The capital uh, budget funding meets the first year of a multi-year phase-in plan, uh, purchasing physical cameras and all the related software. There's also an operating budget impact, which is quite significant, um, that you'll see when I present the operating budget. The funding allows the county and the sheriff's office to make progress sooner rather than originally anticipated and uh, to make progress towards meeting the pending state uh, mandate for body cameras. In 2023, there's construction funding for a new larger, larger medical unit, the Adult Ascension Center. This is something that's been needed for a long time. This new medical unit will better serve the mental health and general health needs of inmates and provide more space to serve women. This project has been in the plans for a long time and is certainly a welcome and needed improvement. Other fiscal year 23 investments are for radio upgrades and other equipment, um, many of which are funded on an ongoing basis. In the Division of Fire and Rescue, there's several new fire stations, including the six-year CIP. The Northgate Fire Station is completing construction, hopefully very soon, and is expected to go uh, to open and to be put into service with a ribbon-cutting ceremony anticipated before Memorial Day, relatively soon, a couple months. A replacement Green Valley Fire Station in Monrovia is a work in progress, with the extension of water and sewer happening right now. Construction is expected to begin in about a year in fiscal year 24. And finally, the much-needed Caramano Fire Station in Adamstown is funded for design in fiscal year 24 and construction in fiscal year 26. This project replaces existing fire station that is in great need of repair and renovation, but the existing location is too small to accommodate a larger, full, fully functioning fire station, so a new site has been identified for this fire station. A significant investment that is often overlooked but is certainly critical to our fire and rescue response is the county purchase of new fire apparatus and vehicles. The fiscal year 23 budget has $3 million. Now that's a three-fold increase of funding for apparatus and uh, replacement vehicles than when I began as county executive. And of course, those equipment costs a tremendous amount. There's a significant funding in the CIP for the Division of Emergency Management, which includes 911 communication. Millions of dollars, actually $4.6 is being invested in something called LEAPS. And all of this funding and supports hardware, software, professional services to help uh, purchase, implement, and upgrade and refresh technology related to public safety. Included in these systems is the computer-aided dispatch system 
that's used to document 911 calls and dispatch appropriate public safety staff and equipment to emergencies across the county. Now, keeping this infrastructure and technology up to date requires a huge and consistent financial commitment. Now, many of these components are taken for granted by the public, but certainly they're critically uh, important and mission critical to keeping our community safe. Last year, I announced for the first time, this is a new addition last year to the CIP, a plan to expand and renovate our animal control center, which also serves as an animal shelter. If you visit it, you know that the shelter and the center is too small for our growing community. So while staff makes the best use of the existing space, the building needs additional space, new systems, and improved functionality. So design is currently underway for this expansion process. That will continue through fiscal year 23. The building is actually going to be expanded outward in three different directions uh, because of the site limitations. And uh, construction will begin in fiscal year 24. Now this project has great community support from our animal lovers and our volunteers. And really in past public hearings, we've really had this be one of our most requested projects. So this is another project that in, uh, uh, benefited from successful advocacy for uh, funding in the state capital budget last year.